Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Moving Up the Ladder here on LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. In this episode, we're talking about female athletic directors at the Division I college level. And to get more detail on this subject, we're speaking with the very first. Her name is Mary Hill, and in 1982, she took over as the athletic director at San Diego State University, making her the very first female in that position. Now, today, there are still fewer than 10 female athletic directors at the Division I college level, so we're going to talk with Mary about her experiences then and what's going on today as well. Mary, thanks for joining us. Sure. Now, I want to go back, before we even talk about the, uh, you know, your role as the first female Division I college athletic director, let's go back even earlier. What were your early experiences and interest in sports and how it really kind of got started for you? Well, I was the oldest of four girls. And uh, my dad was a sports enthusiast, and I grew up on a farm, and he taught me how to throw a baseball. And um, so that was kind of where, where it all started. Is And I started playing sports on a softball, of course, an all-girls team. But then uh, the men wanted me to pitch for them, but <laughs> my mother didn't think a little 10- or 12-year-old girl should be playing sports with grown men. So I just kind of stuck in the female area. Sure, sure. No, that's funny. I like that. And I'm a huge baseball fan, so I love hearing that. Any, uh, any story that has to do with baseball, softball, I think that's awesome. At what point then, obviously that was early in your, in your life, but at what point did you start thinking, you know, I might want a career in sports in some capacity, or did you ever really think about it in that way? Was it something that just kind of progressed for you? How did that all come about? Well, it just progressed. I, uh, I went to college and, and, you know, in those days there were no sports for women. Sure. When I was in high school, the, the uh, basketball coach would come and get me out of study hall so I could dribble against the boys because I was a good basketball player and a good <laughs> dribbler. But And so I'd just go down and practice against with them, Right. but I couldn't play with them. Hmm. It kind of started early about the discrimination sure. in those areas for me. Then I went to college and uh, one of the physical education teachers came to me and said, uh, Say, so we have a track meet, and why don't you throw the discus, javelin, and shot? Oh, wow. And I am going, what? <laughs> I didn't even know what they were. Right, you know, right. I grew up in a little small community, and they didn't have a track team there. And so, anyway, I said, well, okay, when? And she said, in three days. <laughs> and I said, well, can someone teach me how to do this? Right. And she said, well, I don't, I don't know anything about it. Oh, my God. But here's a book. So, I went to those track meets and uh, placed third in all three events. Nice. Which was pretty unusual. Well, I, it's just how poor the competition was. <laughs> and so then I got really excited about the discus and javelin. And so the next year I uh, started working out, reading books. And, you know, in the books it says you got to lift weights. And so I, I go back to the same instructor and I said, I need to lift weights. Where's a weight room? Well, we don't have a weight room. The men have a weight room. Oh. Well, and go talk to so-and-so. So I go talk to the men's track coach. And he goes, you can't go in that weight room. It's for men only. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I can't go in early in the morning, late at night. No, no, no. No, you can't. It's for men. Don't you? And I said, yeah, this isn't fair. <laughs> right. So he says, well, it's too bad. It's the way it is. Wow. And so my mom and dad got me some weights. And they got me the implements. In my spare time, I lifted weights, and then I also started learning how to throw the discus javelin and shot because uh track coach said he couldn't help me either because, you know, he was a men's coach. So anyway, I went back 
the next year to the University of Missouri to the track meet, and I won all three events. And in fact, my javelin record stood until about eight or nine years ago. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> so from then, I'm driving home and I'm going, now what? Now, this is nuts. I worked all year on this. And, you know, what else am I going to do? <laughs> when I got home, I got a call from a woman that she and her husband were out on the track working out all the time I was out there. Mm-hmm. And she said that she'd been to the Drake Relays and that there was a woman there that has a track team and she's looking for a field event person. And her name was Margaret Elson and she was from Denton, Texas. So I called her and and she said, yes, I need the field events person. How soon can you be here? And and I said, well, how soon do you want me? And (laughs) she said, by this weekend. And so I loaded up my little car and away I went to Denton, Texas. And actually, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. My entire family still lives in that little area in Missouri. And sports gave me an opportunity to get out of there and to also see what else was available. Right. from there, I competed in a lot of different areas, Mexico City several times. I also got a graduate teaching assistant at Texas Women's University. I was assistant track coach there. So that kind of started me or kept me in the field of uh, athletics and coaching. And from there, I went to Colorado State University, right. where it was in 1972, and that was the first year of Title IX. And they needed somebody that was the women, quote, athletic director. Right. And since I was new and no one else wanted to do it, I got that title. (laughs) At that point, they had, you're in the physical education department. You are not in an athletic department. Women, women's sports were run out of physical education. Oh, okay. And so my job was I taught and I coached and I was director of athletics. Well, I mean, it's obviously fascinating that for you, it really did start early on. And, um, clearly, you were an excellent athlete and people recognized it. But unfortunately, as you said, you had those discriminating factors and you know these misconceptions of how things were run between men and women, um, even at that young age. So obviously, I think people can understand that's where a lot of this motivation came for you. Let's talk about quickly the Colorado State University, I guess, set up for you. As you mentioned, it was separate as far as women's and men's athletics. What were some of the other challenges you faced and that you felt you kind of had to fight for there when you were really trying to establish yourself? And as you said, nobody else really wanted to take on that role, but you were right there at the forefront. It was quite challenging because I went from an asset to them to a mm. liability. I went, met with all the coaches, said, you know, what's, the women's budget was $5,500 and the men's budget was Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was a, you know, it was the first year for Title IX, you're supposed to be giving scholarships, which shoot $5,500. You can give any scholarships, we had to use state vehicles mm. and drive, and we were in that intermountain region. We were in seven right. states. We had to drive all the way to Arizona, New Mexico to compete, and the, the women had to pay for their own food. The only thing the university paid for was travel. They had to pay for their own uniforms, and the discrimination was just <laughs> unbelievable. So I took a, a budget into department head, and it was, I think, $20,000. 24000 something mm-hmm. in that neighborhood. He just laughed at me and said, this is crazy. You never get this. And I said, well, do you mind if I take this on to oh. the president? And, you know, I'm just fresh out of high right. college. You know, <laughs> right now, loud. And he goes, no, I don't care. So I made it a point and went and talk, took it over to the president. And he said, you know, I've been wanting a budget from that department for years, and I never get one. 
He said, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to appoint a committee and have them to review this. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, well, how many years is that going to take? But he appointed a committee. And within about a month, he called me back and called me back in. And he said, you know, the committee went through this budget and they believe we sh- that this first year we should give you $40,000. Know, so it went up as opposed to what the 24th, you know, we started giving scholarships right. away. And, and of course that made the people in the physical education department where I was employed sure. very upset. And a long story short, you know, I was fired three times, <laughs> went to all kinds of faculty uh-huh. appeals and was reinstated wow. twice. in the last time, in the last time you know, they got rid of me. So it was a trying time through, through there. And I was fortunate enough to, recruit three Olympians, and so, well, two Olympians there, I'm sorry. So our, the track team just exploded. After I got fired there, I uh, was out of work for a year Okay. until I applied for the job at San Diego State. You know, the greatest thing that happened to me there, which has kind of been a scenario throughout my career, was the fact that it's always the men that have reached out to help me, not the women. Really? Yeah, and the men that have daughters, ah. not the men that only have sons. Sure. The men that have daughters have a whole different attitude toward women. <laughs> when I was in my interview, I said to Ken Carr, he was the athletic director, do you know about, because by then I had filed a lawsuit against Colorado State, and okay. I said, do you know about the, the lawsuit? And he said, no. And I said, well, this is what happened, and what do you think about that? And he goes, I think it takes a lot of guts to do something like that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you started initially as then there was an actual female athletic director, and that's how it started, and then you moved into the role of, I guess, essentially the athletic director? How did that work? I was hired there as the associate athletic director for women, and there was an associate athletic director for men. Oh, okay. Pretty early on, when I probably within a couple of weeks when I was there, the athletic director would meet with all the men's staff, you know, the associate and all the sports information people, the mm-hmm. marketing people, the ticket people. And, you know, there were about eight or 10 people that he met with. And then he would meet with me. <laughs> and so I said, you know, I really would like to know about the workings of athletics. Sure. Not just, you know, women's athletics. And can't we just all meet together? And he goes, oh, that's great. You'll save me one meeting. And so uh, I started right off the bat working and learning from all the different areas of men's athletics. And, you know, the first event I was involved in was uh, San Diego State was playing against Florida State, and we were staging 60,000 people. (laughs) The biggest event I had ever staged was probably 200. (laughs) You know what? Just an awesome learning experience. Sure. Then when he let Ken go, he calls me in, and that I'd only been there about two and a half, three years, and said that he... um, he knew I was ready to be an athletic director, which really shocked me. But he <laughs> didn't think that the town and the boosters and everything would be able to handle a woman in that position. So he was going to place someone else there because all the speculations in the news media was saying it was going to be me. Right. He said, but he said, I'm not going to allow the new athletic director to hire another associate. So you will be the only associate for men and women. Well, which I thought was great, but however, now I'm doing two jobs. (laughs) (laughs) And he said he wanted me to really deal a lot with the boosters and fundraising, which I did. Mm -hmm. 
I was number one in fundraising, and I kind of worked up through the ranks that way. And sure. When he hired me as athletic director, he was doing it against all the advice of his vice presidents because none of them thought that he should hire a woman. Right. He said, but you know, it'll it'll look good on my resume. <laughs> I probably should have run for the hills then. <laughs> no, come on now. I've read a number of things uh, regarding, I mean, that situation and just in general, of course, with women and being that pioneer, so to speak, in a position that is like that or in male-dominated industries. I had a guest on yesterday who's in the gaming industry, which, you know, she's experienced a lot of that backlash and, uh, you know, because she's been successful. That's part of it. For you, what were some of the arguments that people were making against you, whether it was within the own, your own university, nationwide? Uh, you know, I've seen some of the ridiculous statements that were made regarding why a woman couldn't do it. But what did you hear? What did you see? What kind of issues did you have to deal with from other people? Because I was the first woman, you know, you had to go out to all the service clubs and talk about the sports program. And San Diego State had done a lot of things wrong. And, you know, they went to that preferred seating. And all the boosters were furious, mm -hmm. and I wasn't involved in that. We lost 18,000 season ticket holders. Oh, wow. So I um, came up with a plan to invite all those people that had been lost to a football game of their choice and to come and talk to me and the staff about their concerns and what we could do. And we got 12,000 of those people back because, you know, I was in a perfect position because it wasn't my decision. And I could say, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened. This is the best seats we have now. And if you want to come back and support the Aztecs, you know, we would love to have you back. And so we got a bunch of people back. But, you know, it was simply because they, they just wanted someone to say it was wrong and they were sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and then the other big thing was the fact that uh, all the athletic directors, men, kept saying the hardest thing I would have to do would be to schedule non-conference games and football and basketball because the way they always schedule those games would be that they go to a bar or they go out and play golf and and drink bourbon in fact don one of the athletic directors i can't remember his last name now even quoted it in the chronicle of higher education saying you know we go to the bar and smoke cigars and drink bourbon <laughs> and that's where we make these deals and there's uh, no way you know she can do that that'll be her toughest <laughs> toughest area wow and so I um one of the times that I was acting athletic director because I had to act like one some of the times and because the athletic director had a heart attack and so I had to step in two or three times and be acting athletic director. Anyway, we were going to Hawaii to play Hawaii, University of Hawaii. Mm -hmm. We get on the plane. After we get on, Dolly Parton comes on. Oh. And she goes into first class and, you know, we go back into coach. But later I went and I asked her if she would mind coming out and just saying hi to the football team because they all loved her and knew her. And she says, oh, yeah, but let me let me have a couple of drinks here and then I'll come on back. <laughs> so she did, and she was so gracious and met my mom was with me and met my mom, and she uh, met all the football players. And then some a little bit later, several months later, you know, we had a camera person on the plane and he took pictures of all the kids and with her and different coaches. She was playing there in uh, at San Diego Sports Arena. And so mm -hmm. I went down and she signed all those papers, all those photographs. Oh, nice. Said she remembered me and, you know, blah, blah. Several times later, I'd be getting on a plane someplace and she'd be getting on a plane. Oh, jeez. On, on the same plane, you mm -hmm. know. I had a, I was on the NCAA council and had a meeting in Nashville and I was kind of late getting on and 
I was still going up the gang walkway, and I hear this click, click, click heels behind me, and I look around, and she says, Mary, I thought that was you. <laughs> <laughs> and so we met again, you know, on the plane. And so as I going to my seat, the athletic director from uh, UCLA as well as Berkeley said, oh, Mary, I would love to meet Dolly Parton. Oh. She is she is my idol. I have loved her forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. I need to schedule a couple football games. Nice. <laughs> Can I get a contract with you and, and with you? And they go, "If you, yes. If you will introduce us, you can get a contract. So I got them scheduled uh, UCLA on a 10-year contract. But, <laughs> I mean, you just have to use the skills that you have. Yeah, no. That's awesome. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah, you you took advantage of that opportunity. But as you said, if they weren't going to necessarily give you the time of day in those other circumstances, you found something that they wanted. So I, th- I think that's really cool to hear. And I think uh, a tremendous story. Mary, I'm sure you have countless stories that we could go over. Obviously, we unfortunately don't have all the time in the world either. I wanted to get your take now as far as how you feel things have gone for women in the athletics arena, especially if we're talking about Division One College. There are still only a handful of Division One athletic directors who are female, actually one here in Milwaukee, Amanda Braun uh, with UW-Milwaukee. What are your thoughts? What's your take? What do you feel your role is? Um, just give us a sense of how you feel things are going for women when it comes to collegiate athletics now. It's still a sad state of affairs, not just athletic directors, but you know, you know, when I started, all the coaches for women's teams were women. Mm-hmm. And now there's only about 30% that are women as well as with athletic directors. I mean, it's just such an old boys club. It is so hard to break into because of the attitude of your boosters. They just don't believe a woman can do the job. I mean, anytime I went out to one of those presentations, the very first question I would get always, every time, would be, how can you be an athletic director if you can't go into the locker room? Oh. That's, that wow. attitude just prevails sure. through men's athletics. And what does that have to do with running a program? <laughs> Whether you can go into the locker room or not, right. I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with that. And so that attitude is still there, and it's very difficult for a woman to get into that position. It just takes a strong president, I believe, mm-hmm. and as well as somebody that's going to be there supporting you when things get rough, sure. I went from a program that never had to balance the budget to a program that was great, you know, was making money and hired a bunch of coaches in that were one great people. It's difficult. I mean, it is really difficult. And, you know, like I said, one of the things is find a president that has daughters <laughs> <laughs> and maybe they'll support you a little bit more. I mean, yeah, that might be the thing that stands out as far as a practical side of things. You might be right on that. I'm going to monitor that moving forward. I'm going to see, you know, the, the more progressive universities who start pushing more in that direction. If, uh, if you see that happening where the, there are daughters involved, I think that's a great point. Mary, again, thank you very much for coming on, sharing your stories. I think, uh, again, fascinating stuff for yourself as far as what you went through and what you tried to do. And uh, thanks again for coming on and sharing with us. Sure, Ken. Thanks a lot. That will do it for us here on Moving Up the Ladder. Again, we were speaking with Mary Hill, who was the very first female athletic director at a Division I college, and we definitely appreciate the story she could share with us here today. If you have any feedback on this show or any of our episodes, send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can find us on Twitter as well, at the LJN, and we encourage you to check out all of our shows either on iTunes or at ljnradio.com. 
Once more, I'm your host, Tim Yuma. Take care, everybody.